hello and welcome to a new episode of the Birkbeck Futures podcast from your careers, enterprise and employability team here at Birkbeck University. I'm Lucy Robinson, your employability consultant for business and enterprise. In this new series of the podcast, we're chatting with top UK entrepreneurs and industry leaders about UK business, startups and self-employment. In this episode on Back to Basics, I'm delighted to welcome Elisa Damaliti, founder and CEO of AOG Consultancy. Welcome, Elisa. Hi. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Lovely to have you here. Um, please, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Elisa. Um, I am the founder of AOG Consultancy, which is a marketing and strategy agency um, that I launched five years ago in Dubai out of my apartment at the time with zero pounds. <laughs> um, so since we've like grown the business and you know got quite a big social media following, um, and yeah, that's that's us basically. <laughs> You guys have a really exciting story and I know that one thing that's been really big for you in growing your business is that you've done it. Obviously, you've got a great team behind you now, but you've been really mm-hmm. self-sufficient and self-sustaining. And I think a big mm-hmm. part of that's been your really clever use of social media. So I think we'll be yeah. there about how you found social media to be effective for growing your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think, okay so it's like a a lift off this is the first time I've ever done a podcast (laughs) so amazing yeah this is like my first um okay so how it started um I kind of I've worked in the marketing industry for years but obviously the big platforms like Instagram and Facebook weren't really there at the time well Instagram definitely wasn't but when I had moved to Dubai that was kind of like the beginning of Instagram um and I just thought you know what let me just open a page AOG was kind of like in the back of my mind at the time it was more just like wanting to share my lifestyle um and just sharing just my experiences of living abroad by myself in a country that I had never even been on holiday to um and then like a few months in I thought you know let's just launch this business venture um and that was more out of pressure so the first go-to really was Instagram um because I was getting quite a lot of interest on there with just you know just in Dubai in general and people from the UK and Greece would know me they liked you know the lifestyle of it so I basically just done like an overnight switch on everybody from like a personal page to just everything about business and I documented my beginning journey so like me drawing the logo and just um, going to meetings and just documenting like my every step but in picture form not video that feature wasn't even available then (laughs) the Instagram video option Um, and it just grew and grew and grew and now I think we're at about 25,000 or 27,000 something like that on Instagram Um, and that was the first platform you know before I even had a website um, before I even had a logo Instagram was my first kind of like marketing platform for the business so yeah that's really cool especially given that you started at the very early stages of Instagram being used not just really as a social media tool but as a business Mm. tool you managed to capitalize on that really well and make it work for yourself and for AOG. 
what would you mm. say were kind of the best tactics you used to make Instagram work for you at that time? Do you know, back then, obviously, um, you didn't have like all these social media marketing strategies and all these features that you can do on Instagram. Actually, right now, it's much easier to develop a business on there than it was then. Um, but I kind of just thought to myself, okay, like, what's the plan? Um, there wasn't really a plan at the time. <laughs> so what I thought to myself was, let's just create maybe like a, which I know is called now a content calendar. Um, but I thought to myself, okay, let's just put together maybe like a, just some ideas of what like I can share to people. What I looked at first, what, what interests me. So I thought, okay, when I look at people on social media or I watch YouTubes, what is it that I want to know? So I always, I'm interested in like people's journeys and um, like just their mental motivation more so than the actual product. Um, so I thought, okay, maybe let's just share um, my, um, my day-to-day life, you know, like the struggles and the triumphs. Um, but at the time it was more triumphs than struggles. Um, because it wasn't a thing you know it's a very new thing that people now like share their struggles with their business back then it was like a very like a taboo like no one struggles you know we all wake up like bright and chirpy at 5am and we do you know 5am club and all of that um it wasn't like that but that's what was portrayed at the time so yeah definitely I'll say the first thing is like mapping out my content um and what it is that I want to share with people like for that week um that's how it started and then secondly it's like what kind of tone I wanted to set for the business so from the beginning I knew that you know I wanted to target um, a specific clientele sector so I was like okay let me just focus on sharing content that these people will like so it was looking at my target audience the second point is like being really clear on who your target audience is and who you're speaking to and then the third point I would say um, would be um how to invoke emotion from people so how I how could I get people to uh, buy into the brand and at that time, I didn't even know what the brand was going to be totally. <laughs> a lot of people don't know, actually, AOG started as a recruitment agency. So um, at the time, I was like, okay, should I do a bit of recruitment? Although like, I knew I wanted to go into marketing. Um, and that's kind of where all my experience started was in marketing. So, yeah, it's just what kind of, you know emotion did I want to get from people in these sectors and and kind of looking at who it is that I'm speaking to if that makes any sense yeah it does it's it's really interesting to hear you sum up something that's so complex which is yeah (laughs) how to use Instagram for business how to stay authentic how to not just Mm -hmm. identify your target audience but appeal to them it's Mm -hmm. a really big kind of beast to tackle Mm, and yeah I think the thing about authenticity is really interesting so you Mm. were saying at the time it was very much like a I woke up like this kind of literally 
yeah a hundred percent even to the point where like it wasn't until I would say this year that I shared you know even when we did the talk at Birkbeck and Mm. um I said you know I'd been homeless at 17 and and all these things it it was back then like and that's only five years ago you know um it you didn't share stuff like that because it was seen as like a weakness you know because you thought oh people are not going to be able to relay and I think a lot of um successful businesses that I've encountered even just the growth of AOG is working on yourself I think that's the first and like most important part of a of owning a business is working on yourself and learning how to go through certain trials and traumas and um, how that shapes you as a business owner because you don't just want to be a business that's like here today gone tomorrow you know you want to make an impact um so yeah I think as soon as um it was all fine you know sharing that glitz and glamour and all of that and I grew my social media was actually double what it is now um right but I completely because I almost became like a social media influencer in Dubai because at the time that I'd moved to Dubai there wasn't like that Dubai boom where you know you have all these influence influences wasn't even such a thing big thing back then um so I kind of moved there and most of my friends were like why are you going to live in the desert you know they didn't get (laughs) it um and so I kind of managed to jump on that camel but because I was living like an authentic inauthentic um lifestyle um which wasn't like aligned to my brand's mission I lost a lot of followers like I would say maybe even more than half um when I started like really steering AOG to where I wanted it to go um and that's okay like it's okay to lose social media followers they don't actually they do mean something because like I said I built the brand on Instagram you know um but at the same time there's more to it because if Instagram was to close down tomorrow it's like you don't want your business to go down the pan as well Mm. I think that's really Mm. important I think Mm. thinking about using social media for business we often might make the mistake of confusing followers and interaction with traction Mm. you know it's great to have that interaction and that engagement but if it's not converting to meaningful Mm. sales loyal clients people coming back to your business because you're honest and you're authentic and they trust you it doesn't Mm -hmm. really it doesn't mean much without that without that follow-up engagement yeah yeah for sure I think one of the best announcements that Instagram made was to take away the likes you know oh the the like count Yeah. yeah I think um, that's probably one of the best things because we've become a nation of um, likes. <laughs> you mm. kind of build your, you know, your whole persona around how many likes that you have on a business, on a, on a, not on a business, yeah, on a business and on a personal level, you know. I have personally have had young girls come up to me and they're like, wow, you've got so many social media followers. Like, we want to have social media followers. Can you repost us? And I'm like, there's more to it. But it's sad. It's sad seeing that generation fixated on social media followers and Instagram likes. Mm. 
Um, and a lot of business owners get fixated on that as well like I've had it so many times and then when I actually say to them you know I know accounts that have maybe like what you would now call like micro influencers you know um Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago if you'd said to someone oh I've got this um I'm working with this person they've got like two or three thousand followers they'll be like no no way if it's not 10k then I'm not interested Uh, and then when you actually compare like because the algorithms change all the time when you compare the statistics an an account with under 10k could be doing much better engagement wise than an account with over 50k Mm. yeah it's what that engagement converts to in terms of loyalty and people actually coming to use your services rather than just kind of looking at what you have on social media and leaving it at that yeah and it depends how you set up your social media you know I think I don't even think we have like 400 posts I don't think um and 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 only of course like we've posted and we've deleted at times but in total I definitely don't think I've posted on our feed more than like a thousand times um because I like you know quality rather than quantity and what I've noticed even more since they added the feature of like saving the image and forwarding it, forwarding it is that um, I'm not really bothered about like, how many likes the account gets or how many people comment, which is like contrary to what I might say to a few clients. Like I think every industry is very different um, because like, for example, when this whole coronavirus thing started, um, I made a post, I think it's um, like near mid, mid-March, and it's called Coronavirus Homework. Now, that post is just, it was more like my to-do list, basically. Um, and I thought, let me just create it and share it as content, because like most businesses at the time, I was really struggling for content. Um, and that picture has um, just under 600 likes. When you look at how many people have shared it, it's over 10,000 people have shared it. When you look at how many people have saved it, it's over 12,500. So that goes to show, like it's 500 likes, you could sit there and think, oh, it's not making any impact. Since that post, um, I and obviously the beginning of like my corona campaign that I call on social media which was indirectly because as we were saying earlier when we was having like our private chat that no one know no one knew at the time how to direct the pandemic you know on the marketing aspect so um I've had like one of our best months financially um this month over than than in the last like two quarters so yeah it's don't worry about the likes guys (laughs) (laughs) it's about the quality of what you're posting and it's not just the quality you know some people come to me and they say oh I don't know how to take photos for my business and do you know how many businesses we have that come to us and they don't want a professional photographer they want people who take authentic, good quality photos. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it really is. And I think consumers nowadays, I think it's fair to say that 
one of the biggest mistakes you can do is underestimate your consumers, mm-hmm. your customers, yeah. your clients. They can see mm-hmm. through something, you know, a marketing campaign that's phony, mm-hmm. that feels false or forced. If something's honest and genuine, that's going to mm-hmm. appeal most to your customers, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So you spoke a little bit earlier on about um, your target audience. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of people struggle with. They know the problem mm-hmm. they're trying to solve with their product or service. They're great on the, the fact that theirs is a good solution to that, but they're not sure how to actually pivot that and market that to their target audience. So how mm-hmm. do you go about actually identifying that target audience in the first place? Um, I would say the easiest way for people to do that is by looking at um, going on Google and downloading like a client avatar template or a target audience template um, and that will take you through step by step so the easiest way to describe one without having a template is almost try and step out of your shoes um, and create a whole second person so a fake persona um, what's their name what do they look like um, how they spend what interests them why would they be your best target basically why would they be your best customer um, and then try to shape that persona um, and then what that creates is like a visual uh, on paper basically of who you can target um, and it's very clear because it's hard sometimes, I think, for brands, especially startups, to know how to go about who they're selling to. Or, you know, we get a lot of clients, a lot of people who come to us for like an initial consultation and they over romanticize their concept to the point where like I'm sitting and I'm looking at them and I'm like, it's not going to work kind of thing. Like what you're saying actually doesn't make sense and you can argue like who am I to say that you know but um it, it, it we do have some people who have kind of like gone totally left with a concept um and over like made it totally complex basically <laughs> and they don't know who their target audience is so they've got this great thing and you could have this great product but if you don't know who you're going to sell to then what's the point yeah <laughs> be quite frank um and if people don't know who you are then it's some work that you're gonna have to put into you know but it starts with who your target audience is and even and if you look at products in general you know if you look at the amazon model they don't own any of the products you know so it's it's kind of like a supply and demand almost yeah absolutely and you know you're saying about over romanticizing a concept and making it so complicated Mm. that your target audience doesn't even really know what they're doing have a really tight really clear marketing strategy if you're if you've got zero capital if you're on a shoestring how can you go about Mm. that um just be really authentic Mm. um really like show them who you are the process of your business not totally, you know, don't want to give away everything, but yeah. just give it some personality. People buy from people at the end of the day. Um, make sure that, you know, you're 
communicating with people people want to speak to people you know um don't just get stuck in kind of this i'm from the millennium era you know i'm a millennial <laughs> and i've had so many debates before they're like you know you millennials you're you expect everything and you're lazy and la la i would say our generation is probably one of the most hard working if i can say that because we're innovative we are um, willing to do whatever needs to be done basically to push our brands with zero money like who could even afford to buy a property in london you know generations before us could <laughs> so even that alone there's a big difference there and i have multiple friends who are within my same age group that have bought you know half a million million pound properties from their startup ventures so yeah when you're looking at you know marketing even you know even with us there's something actually we don't tell a lot of people but we you know our marketing budget for mm. aog per month is under one thousand pounds wow yeah so and that's including staff that's including so, staff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we so it absolutely really, can be done a hundred percent totally a hundred percent um because just just look at just being authentic share you know information that other people might be able, will be able to relate to so look at you know what's going on around us you know right now the pandemic how can you give something different for your sector um or maybe sometimes it have to be like these huge big ideas people struggle with the basic stuff so we launched a webinar and I've been saying forever like oh, I want to do a webinar for everyone and I've never had the time to so when corona started i thought i I just done it more for my own self-motivation and because we don't spend a lot of marketing and also because we don't um we we don't have like a we, we didn't have any content to share because of what was happening at the time you know um so i said okay let me create a webinar offer it really cheap um and whoever comes comes um and we had even our first i was only planning on doing one end up doing three in total we had over five thousand people attend over like two thousand and something playing uh paying for the playback so it goes and that's that was marketing in itself because the mm. content that we created from that just on instagram was just basically you know it started with the whole um, coronavirus homework and then we did um you know uh, like a post about discussing online presence and that was just like a photo of my laptop that I took at home and then there was like a reflective post about you know the current events then we did um like a quote thing where I said in the next six months this whole social isolating and quarantine is going to produce some amazing new businesses um and that post was like super crazy popular. Um, and then obviously I created, it's so funny because we have a team of designers, right? And I don't know if you guys know, there's a resource tool called Canva. Yeah, yeah. And Canva is basically like your best friend if you're not, if you have zero like graphic design experience, like myself. Best. <laughs> and um so with my guys they always take the mick out of me because they're like 
you've got all of us and then you go and like on Canva and you create <laughs> your own posts and I'm like yeah that's what you can do when you own the business like I can do it and it's so funny that they just laugh at me um but yeah I just went on Canva and I created like this mini post just saying the business webinar lockdown strategy marketing sales and, and posted it and it did amazing and then I posted like a coffee or something but yeah and, that, and that's it and that didn't cost me anything but that it comes right back to the authenticity doesn't it because you're yeah. sharing you know you're sharing what's happening to you in the current circumstances so not only is it authentic it's very relevant to people mm-hmm. but you're just you know you're sharing your day you're sharing your life like mm-hmm. you say you know people buy into people that's not just about investors yeah. that's customers too customers want to feel like they're buying from real people and supporting real people's businesses so if, i yeah. guess if with, your, with your marketing strategy if you can say both relevant and genuine yeah you can do that yeah. on a student you can do that for nothing really a hundred percent you we even like we work with huge like international brands mm. and even it's so funny because we'll have I don't want to name them, but there's like <laughs> a, one big brand in particular with like in excess of a £20,000 budget in market for marketing a month. And um, we had like this contingency plan with them, um, like a, a session, uh, um, I think it was like last week I had it with them. And the director turned around and said to me, um, how do we look authentic on social media? And I said, right, well, you're human and you're selling <laughs> to humans. So what would you like to see if someone was talking to you? But that's the thing, you know, as um, especially like executive members of a business or just like a one man camp, that we do tend to overcomplicate things. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be like that. Um, just literally take it back to basics and have fun with it. I find it so funny that the director said, how can I look authentic? Not how yeah. can I be authentic? Exactly. Even then, that's already, you're overcomplicating it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, but that's why, you know, there's businesses like myself <laughs> who offer like marketing packages because it's, a lot of people don't know how to do it. Um, and they think there's like this secret recipe of like how you look authentic and it's so common like I get that question so much and um, they they go to that question first and then when you like humanize it that's when like they'll switch it around and they'll be like okay how do I be authentic exactly. so yeah it's just I think we as, as humans just overcomplicate it I think totally I think in a way, often it's it's kind of easier to be authentic when you are just starting out because often it is just you yeah. or just you and a really small team and you yeah. with a laptop at your kitchen table with a cup of tea and there's nothing yeah. more genuine than that and there's nothing more relatable mm. than that. Yeah, but at the same time, I do think you need to be a little bit careful because mm. there's a fine balance in everything in life, you know. If... if um, you need to look at the price points that you're going for. I, mm. I have clients, for example, who sell, one particular client, she sells that like, customized um, blazers um, mm. and her blazers go from about 700 pounds per blazer. They're like Swarovski customized and all of that. Wow. She's uh, Kim Kardashian has been seen wearing them and 
she's got a great actually she but she's a startup so i remember when she first ever contacted me um i thought you know on social media they're like this huge fashion brand you know because of how they position themselves and when i went to met her it was like in this warehouse in tottenham in north mm. london yeah. and it was so like grimy and <laughs> um but she's got a particular target audience and she knows that target audience is going to want to see something specific from her um and then now she can share her authentic self because with the growth of the business obviously her lifestyle has also changed to match her target audience and how she wanted her life to be Mm. so I think it depends you know and then I have like very good clients yeah like I have indie clients for example one in particular she's a henna artist but not just like you're any henna artist she's been featured in Saatchi and Saatchi Gallery, Vice Magazine, uh, the V&A Museum Um, and with her she wants to be relatable so she's specifically gone and put herself into like this really small you know hippie type artist warehouse um Mm. and and that's for the look you know and but that's also now become her lifestyle but she comes from quite a wealthy lifestyle you know um and then even if you see the people who it's kind of like the Yeezy generation you know Mm. everyone they look homeless but no one's homeless and Yeezy's (laughs) very expensive yeah um and every person in there, I think there's, they've got about 20 different um, people, basically, that share this one warehouse. They're all like multi-million pound brands. <laughs> but you would never know it if you looked at them. <laughs> so it depends how you want to be perceived and how you want to live your life. I think there's definitely a balance to be struck, isn't there? You want to be mm. authentic and genuine in how you engage with your customers and present yourself otherwise you're not going to get that level of trust but equally Mm. you need to think about professionalism and you need to think about what kind of audience you're selling to you know like your friends with the blazers they're maybe Mm -hmm. not going to see someone in the sofa in their you know sofa in their sweats because that doesn't match Mm. the brand you can be genuine and still stay on brand Mm -hmm. for sure definitely but just I think a lot of businesses rush to launch as well without doing like the research, you know, and Mm. that's, you know, we've had people before come to me and they'll they'll be like, oh, why do I have to pay for like a consultation before we work with you? And I say, I think it's really important and it's coming from someone who likes to keep spend at minimal as possible because take it from me, like you're either gonna waste a lot of money trying to find Mm. the right answers or waste a lot of time so if you're a brand that just wants to just get going you know try and find someone that you can work with who isn't like too expensive and they're tried and tested Mm. and go for it like it's worth it if you you don't want to do that then be willing to do the long graft you know before Mm. I launched OG I was working on the brand for years and I still wasn't sure when I launched what it was that we wanted to do. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's about all the time we have today. 
so thank you so much Elisa for being here and sharing your insights with us um if people listening to us today would like to find out a bit more about you and AOG consultancy where can they find you online um so um our instagram is one of the main platforms so aog consultancy just our name all together no underscores um and then we've got our website and everything on now our contact details but thank you so much for having me lucy it was my pleasure lovely it was great having you thanks so much Uh, (laughs) and thank you to everyone listening for checking in with this episode of the but but futures podcast you can find out more about our services and how to contact us at bbk.ac.uk slash futures join us next time for more content and advice on the uk startup scene business and enterprise bye for now